we're about to tread on some, on some territory that often is seen as taboo in churches. And so I need you to help me because I just feel so insecure about what I'm about to preach that I just need, I'm just kidding. That is not the case at all. Not at all, not at all. So now you guys wonder what the topic is. You're gonna have to wait. I gotta do the intro first. In this series, Gravitate, what we've been talking about is that our lives all, are all moving towards something. Listen right now, like your life is not stagnant. Your life is always moving, amen? Like it's always moving toward something, okay? You're gravitating toward something. And I could tell you right now what your life is gravitating toward. It is moving toward whatever you've made the biggest deal of in your life. Like you're being shaped by whatever's the big deal. So whatever's the big, so like uh, it, 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 it will fashion you and shape you. So if you make a big deal about money, your life is gonna move toward money. You will make your decisions not based on, is it good for me? Is it wholesome? Is it holy? It's just simply, will it make me more money, right? I want more money. So your life is gonna gravitate toward money. If, if what you value is the approval of others, Come on, some of you wrestle with this. You ask yourself not, is it good? Is it right? You ask yourself, will it make me more accepted? Will I be approved? If, if it's, come on, you get the idea. The climbing the corporate ladder, my, it's vocation. So vocational, so it's not, is this good for my family? Is this good for my kids? It's, is this, will it posture me in a greater place within my vocation, okay? And so your life is gravitating towards something. Here's what you need to understand, every single one of us, is that your life is only meant to gravitate Godward, like toward God. And until your life is gravitating Godward, it is trying to find itself in the orbit of something of which it cannot actually be in orbit of, okay? Did that make sense? Like, so you've got the earth and you've got the moon and the moon from the gravitational pull is being drawn in toward the earth. And as it passes by the earth, it wants to fling out into space but the earth has enough gravitational pull upon that moon that it pulls it back and it keeps trying to fling out, but it's also being pulled back, but it keeps trying to fling out, but it keeps pulling back and it stays in perfect orbit, see? And our lives are meant to live that way around the person and work of Jesus, around God. Come on, can I get a better amen? And if God's not there, I'm telling you right now, your life is just, you're just, you're just spinning out into space. And you're wondering why everything's in disarray and everything's out of order. Can I tell you right now, behind every issue we face, this goes into marital issues, this goes into parenting issues, this goes into every area of our life. If that area of our life is not gravitating Godward, it is not in the right place. You're experiencing disorder. And so guys, we need to gravitate Godward, amen? Like we gotta figure this out. Like how do I do that? Can I tell you, it's not just gonna happen. Like you don't just hope that you gravitate Godward. You can't, you can't gravitate Godward by hoping anymore than you can win an Olympic gold medal by hoping, right? Like you've got to do some things. You gotta put some things in your life that help you move toward the winning of that Olympian gold medal or whatever it is your goal is. And so if we're gonna gravitate Godward, we gotta put some things in our life that help us move Godward. Everyone following me so far? I'm catching everybody up who hasn't, you know, reminding us where we were because the girls stole the show last week. Okay, so how do we gravitate Godward? First Timothy chapter four, verse seven and eight says this. It says, have nothing to do with godless myths or old wives tells rather. Someone say train yourself. You train yourself. What is training? It's putting into your life 
disciplines that you do on a constant basis that move you toward your goal. Train yourself to be godly. Discipline yourself to be godly. Put into your life some spiritual disciplines that move you Godward. For physical training, again, here's one of my favorite Bible verses. Come on, somebody, right? Physical training is of some value, right? See, Tatum, stop trying to make me run with you. Stop trying to make me go to the gym with you. It's of some value. Come on, somebody, right? But godliness has value for all things. Holding promise, watch this, both for the present and the life to come. There is promise that you can only walk in when you're training toward godliness. There are, there are promises that you are meant to be living in that you'll never taste until you're training toward godliness. It holds promise. Come on, that is, that is good preaching. I don't care what you say. Right? It, like, there are things God has for me that I'll never know until I learn to discipline myself, train in godliness. And so we've been looking at some of these, these spiritual disciplines, we've called them, that help us train in godliness and move, move Godward. We, we looked quickly, we looked at um, a study of God's word, getting into God's word. I gotta get into God's word, I gotta get God's word in me. I'm memorizing scripture, I'm, I'm spending time with the Lord in, in his word. I, got, I rotate, I, I discipline my life, and I, I challenged you guys every single day, get into God's word, okay? Like, I, I said, give me, get 15 minutes. Some of you are like, it's only 15 minutes? Like, tell them to give them an hour. Well, listen, we all start somewhere. You start 15 minutes and just do five in the, in the word, five in prayer, five in worship, and just watch how it changes your life. Gravitating God with those disciplines. And um, we talked about worship. So we talked about his word. We talked about prayer, right? Come on, remember this? That our, our lives need to, we need to make room in our life to spend time with God. Some of our, it, it's, we need to practice the discipline of, of, of isolation, right? Getting alone with, with just God and closing the door so that we could be in silence before him and, and learning those things. Well, today, here's the one I want to talk to you about. What I've been doing in this is giving a big title. So God's word and underneath it, here's all these little disciplines, right? Uh, prayer. Getting all these little disciplines, getting away and, and talking with God. And, and under this one, there's, there's two disciplines I'm gonna talk about today. It's the idea of, in scripture, it's the idea of stewardship, okay? I wanna talk to you about the disciplines around the idea of stewardship. The disciplines regarding stewardship that move us, move us Godward, okay? So what is stewardship? Stewardship is when you're managing someone else's stuff, like you don't own it, it's not yours, but I'm gonna give it to you and now you manage it, manage it on my behalf. In other words, you do with the thing I gave you what I am asking you to do with the thing I gave you. Does it make sense? Stewardship. You don't own the something, but you manage the something. And you know what scripture says you and I are? Come on everybody, what do you think it says? Come on, stewards. Scripture, well, hold on, hold on, Pastor. Wait, you say, you're saying I don't own the stuff? You mean it's not my stuff, it's not my, my time? These, 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 these kids are mine, but they're also not mine. They're God's and I'm stewarding what he's given me. You, you mean everything I thought was mine really is God's and he's, he's given it to me? See, you're a, Scripture says you are not an owner. You're a steward. 
Listen to what it says in, in Matthew chapter 25. It says, again, it'll be like a man. The kingdom of God, here's what it's like. It's like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted some wealth to them. So here's what the king of God is like. Kingdom of God is like. It's God entrusting you with some things. To one he gave five bags, to another he gave two bags, to another he gave one bag, each according to his ability, and then he went away on a journey. Here's the kingdom of God. Hey, uh, you're going to get a bag, you're going to get three bags, you're going to get two, you're going to get five bags, and here's what you guys do is you go, why do I only have one bag? And why does he have five bags? How do you get two bags? What's in their bag? Your job is not to worry about how many bags everyone else has. They might be a two-bagger, you're a one-bagger, they're a five-bagger. Your job is, listen, to do what God's called you to do with the bag he's given you. Amen? Right? So it's not just what do I have. So what does God put in your hands? What has he blessed you with? It's not just what do I have. It's what do I do with what I have. Because you see, that's what the kingdom of God is like. He's put something in your hands. You are a steward of it, and God is expecting you to do with the thing he put in your hands what he desires you to do with the thing he put in your hands. Making sense? So the, it tells us in Matthew that the man goes on the journey, he comes back, and he goes to find out what they did with the bag he gave them. And the guy with five bags, he... He doubled it. The guy with two, he doubled it. The guy with one, he's so scared. He went and he dug a hole and he put it in the hole. When the master came back, he says, what did you do with the bag I gave you? He said, I died, buried it. And see, some of us are like that today. We, we've, buried, we've buried our bag, right? And then when the master came back, he said, it says that he took that bag and he gave it to the one with five. The guy who actually, watch, stewarded what was given to him properly. Listen, you're a steward. And there's disciplines in our life that help us that were intended to, that are intended to flow out of this idea of stewardship. Stewardship challenges us at the core of who we are because it comes up against your owner mentality and says, you're not an owner, you're just a steward. It challenges us at the, do you feel that? The core of who I am. Because it starts when we're young, doesn't it? We're kids. When we're kids, uh, some of you with young, young kids, you, you know this. The gravitational pull of their life, everything orbits around them. It all belongs to them. It's all about them, right? Come on. One of the first words a kid's going to learn. You wish it was daddy. It's not. Mommy, no, it's not. It's mine. Right? Mine. My toy, my, my, my time. It's, 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 it's my turn. It's, it's my, my, right? What is that? That's just the natural human heart just doing what it does. Everything's about me, right? And so here's what happens. You're, you're given as a parent, you're given a little me monster. Here you go. Good luck with that. And here's what some parents do. A little, little parenting advice, a little, little tip. Okay, ready? Here's what some parents do. They go, oh, they, they want more stuff. I got to go get more stuff. They said, they, they want, I got to do what they want. And, and what you do is you start, every time they say mine and I need and me, you go, oh, here, here, here. And what you're, what you're doing is you're creating a little monster. Because, friends, life doesn't work when you make it all about you. If you think it's all yours and it's all about you, you're at the center of your universe and you're not supposed to be at the center of your universe. And so one of the things you got to do as a parent is start to teach them. It's not all about you. 
and you're not at the center of the there are actually there are actually some other people in this family right and as time goes and as they mature you move them past that right come on some of you moms right you know you remember you're in it right now that child in the middle of the night gets up and says i want my milk and they're screaming they can't even talk yet and you know exactly what they want it's it's them attend right and as they grow into maturity, here's what happens in maturity. That was cute maybe when you were a baby. That was cute maybe when you were two. But if you're doing that as a teenager, we've got problems, right? And we laugh about it, but the reality of us, some people have moved on into adulthood, and it's still all about them. It's their stuff, and it's their turn, and it's their idea, and it's, Right? And, and come on, some of you got, you, you got some names running through your mind. Don't look around the room. Don't look around the room, right? And you know what that is? It's immaturity. And so the stewardship mentality shows up in Scripture and says, hey, it's actually not all yours. And it's actually not all about you. It's all God's, right? And it's all about him, okay? You see, it, it's, about, it's about him being in the center. You don't own that stuff. You're just a steward. And see, if we're not careful, we start out, as, you start out that way as children, we end up staying the way. We stay that way throughout our life. So, so now, it's, now it's, it's, my, it's my house, and it's my money, and it's, it's my car, and it's my time, and it's my idea, and we grow up and we think it's all about me, 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 me. And stewardship in Scripture, the idea of stewardship shows up and says, stop it. It's, it's not, it's God's house. That's God's money. That's, that's, those are, that's, you know, that's God's life he's given you. That's God's time. Paul, you know, Paul goes on as far as to say, well, look what it says in 1 Corinthians, you are not your own. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So here's what you do. Glorify God with your body. He's talking to the Corinthian church who are very, like, sexually promiscuous. And he's like going, listen, y'all, that's God's body. Stop doing with God's body what he doesn't want you doing with God's body. He bought that at a price. It belongs to him. Treat your body as though it belongs to God. Paul goes on to say, who I, I am not even my own. What is that? It's a stewardship. I'm stewarding this body. God, come on, everybody, with me. It challenges you at at your core. It's living as a steward. It's a discipline of getting me out of the center of the universe and putting God in the center. So in scripture, there are some very specific places where God calls us to do some very specific things, okay? How to steward them in, in very specific ways. And when we do the specific things with those certain things, he blesses us in amazing ways. So I build the principle of stewardship in my life. God just shows up and blesses me. I want to give you, listen, the two prominent places where God reminds us that we are stewards, okay? And then the blessing that comes out of them when we do with those things what he's asked us to do with those things. Is everybody following along? Okay? Do you know what those two places are? The main two places are? One is with your dollars and the other is with your days. Your dollars and your days. Your time Right? And your, your treasure. It's your, it's your money and your moments. God shows up and he says, listen, those aren't yours. They belong to me. And if you do with them what I've asked you to do with them, I'm going to bless you in ways you can never imagine. 
And so let me show you this really quick, right? The stewardship of our, of our dollars, okay? This is how it works. Your money, our finances, my money, it's, it's not mine. Do you understand that? Guys, listen, it all belongs to God. It's, it's all his. It, you know, understand this. It all belongs to him. Uh, Psalm 24, 1 says this. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. It all belongs to him. Well, I worked with my hands to make that money. God gave you those hands. It was my idea. God gave you that brain, right? It's, it's, it's God's. It all belongs to him. And so what's he doing? He's entrusting you with some of it to be a steward of it, okay? So he gives me some, and what's my job? My job, I'm supposed to be a good steward. And God takes very seriously how I steward my resource, my money. And I'm gonna tell you why in a second. And it's not because the church is broke. It's not because there's kids somewhere in Africa that are, right? I'm telling you, watch how important this is. He takes this so serious. Watch what he says, what you're doing with what he gave you. He says this, if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, if you're not stewarding that properly, how will he trust you with true riches or who will trust you with true riches? In other words, God's going, okay, I've got more for you, more riches, I wanna bless you. But if I can't trust you with the starting point of stewardship, why would I trust you with more? If I can't trust you with the little, why would I give you more? And so this money, this money thing actually becomes the starting point of, of, of our stewardship. He says, if I can't trust you in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? So now, there's a lot of tension in that, right? Like, what am I gonna do with the resource God gave me? The, my, my, my dollars. You know what scripture says you're supposed to do? Ready? It's gonna hurt. <laughs> you know what he says to do? He says, a good steward is supposed to give. Give. And I'm gonna tell you why. Watch. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says this, honor the Lord with your wealth with the first fruits of your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. <laughs> I thought if I took what he gave me and just tuck it away, tuck it away, tuck, then my barn, right, would be filled and everything would be good. And he goes, no, it's when I give it to you and you give it away, then it's filled, right? Uh, Matthew chapter six, verse 24 says this, no one can serve two masters for you will hate the one and love the other or you'd be devoted to one and despise the other. No one can serve both God and what? God and what? He could have picked anything. He could have said, no one can serve two masters, God and your hobby. God and your, why did he say money? Because he knew that this would be the place that we would struggle when it comes to, here's what it's all about. Why does God ask us to give? Because it's an issue of trust. Someone bring me some money. Come on, anyone got a dollar? Anyone, give me a dollar, $10, $20. Can I, can I get a 50? Can I get a $100? Can I, someone, no, I'm just kidding. Anyone got any cash? Does anyone carry cash anymore? Like, come on, like, I, need, I need cash. I need cash right now. Come on, where is the cash in this church? Come on, somebody. All right, first service gave me a five, but that's okay. I want, <laughs> want to work just fine. So watch what happens. Stewardships, and you're going to build this in your life so that we can move Godward. Here's what happens. This dollar, it's paper. But what happens is we, we start to think that this is what provides for me, that this is what, what puts food on my table, that this is, is what's gonna take care of me. And so what starts to happen is I get deceived into thinking that it's paper. By the way, spoiler alert, it's not paper. It's your God that takes care of you. 
Amen? He clothes the lilies of the field. He, the birds of the air he's taking care of. He says, and you are of much more value than they. I'm going to take care of you. And that's God's word to you. But here's what happens is it's being challenged by this paper. I think this is what takes care of me. I think I need more of this. And then we start doing dumb things like this. You start actually validating, you know, how uh, uh, your, your, your own worth as a person based upon how much of this paper you have somewhere. And so I look at my bank account to know if of, of any, any value. God says, you're the apple of his eye. God says that he loves you. Oh, but I don't have enough of, of this. It's paper, okay? And so we think this provides for us. We think that this actually substantiates our value. And so what we do is we start to do this. I'm gonna hold onto it really tight because what's happening is I need to trust it and I, I need to hold onto it and I need to, I need to, because I need it. And then God says, here's what I want you, want, want you to do with, with, hey, Chris, that's in your hands really, really tight. Hey, hey, listen, I gave you that. I know, and I need it. I need more of it. And here's the guy who goes, here's what I want you to do with what I gave you. I want you to loosen your fingers on that. Just, just, just start to, I, here's what I want you to do. I want you to give. I don't want to give it. I need it. Why does he ask us to give? Because it's a trust issue. What's providing for me? This or my God? Is it the dollar or is it, or is it the God of heaven who actually gave it to me in the first place? And so what happens is our heartstrings get wrapped up in this and our universe begins to watch. This is the world we live in right now. It all gravitates money word, money word, money. And we start trusting this. S listen, stop it. Money is a horrible God. It's a horrible God. It's an abusive God. And some of us are trusting our money. And the way that we can tell if we're trusting money or God is if we do with our money what God asked us to do with it. If I'm not doing with the money what God asked me to do with the money, then I'm actually trusting the money and not God. God says, give it. And what that forces me to do is to wrestle with the idea, do I trust this or you? Okay, God, I trust you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna, I'm gonna open my hands up. And in the moment I do that, I'm declaring my dependency, not on this, but my dependency is on you, okay? And I think it is so ironic that the very thing we want to trust, we want to wrap our lives around and hold on to tightly, we put all of our trust in, simply has printed on it, hey fool, in God you trust. Like, isn't it funny that the very thing we're like, I need, I gotta trust God. It's, it's written there to remind you. Oh, wait, I don't trust this. This is what provides for me. It's not the money. It's, it's God. And so therefore, I'm gonna loosen. Does this make sense, everybody? I loosen my grip on it. God says to be a, a giver. It all belongs to him. And now I steward it through, through giving. It's an issue of your heart. Guys, God doesn't need your money. He's not after it. He's not broke. He owns, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. This isn't about him. It's not about, it's about your heart. He's not after your wallet. He's after your heart. He's not after your checkbook. He's after your, 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 your worship, right? Your checkbook just happens to be a very good indicator of what it is you're worshiping. Your checkbook happens to be a very good indicator of where your, your heart is going. Come on, you know what I mean? Your heart goes towards something, all of a sudden your wallet goes toward it. Like I'm spending a lot of money on golf right now, everybody. I'm looking at him, Tatum, please help me. Please help me, I got a problem right now. Like, help me. COVID hit, and I don't know what to do, and I'm golfing. I'm like, that's a, is that an old man thing? Why am I golfing? Oh my gosh, help me. 
help me, right? But it, it's an indicator. So what scripture says, is the very first thing you're supposed to do is he gives you, at the core of who we are, he gives you some, he trusts you with the money and says, now give. Now, here's the big question to me and then we'll move on to the next one. How much do I give? How much do I give? Some of you have heard of a tithe. It's an Old Testament. It goes back to, it means a tenth. It literally means 10%. So that's an easy way to get $60, six bucks. Tenth, you're right, hundred. Tithe. Well, you know what happens when you go over to the New Testament, the two, New Testament is not so concerned with a percentage. It's more concerned with the principle of getting this, getting this from not being, the, it's a, held on to so tightly. It's a principle. So over and over again in scripture, you'll see that, here's some principles, right, of, of, of giving. We give proportionately, meaning, you know, you, you make a bunch, you give, it's a percentage, or I give a bunch, right? Some of you think, if I had more, I'd give more. No, you wouldn't. You literally will treat the more the same way you treat the lesser. It's just, this, it's the way it goes. So proportionately, sacrificially, David said this, I won't give anything to the Lord that didn't cost me something that wasn't a sacrifice. It's gotta make it like trust, like, okay, I'm trusting you, God. Like put me in that, it's gotta put you into that realm where you're like, okay, God, if you don't show up, a little bit like that, right? Um, so that's why that 10% rule is a good starter. It's just enough to get your fingers off of it. Um, regularly, Paul says in Corinthians 6, it was uh, a, a weekly gathering from, of, of the church that they would give toward the gospel, right? And it's meant to be what it is. It's just a regular discipline in my life that I'm going like this with everything God's given me. And here's the one everyone loves, right? Here's what we've been waiting for. Come on, right? Expectantly. Expectantly. How do I give? Expectantly. I, 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 I give knowing that when I do, God has promised to bless the 90% that I have left more than he could have blessed the 100% that I, that I wanted to hold on to. He, he give expectantly. Listen to what it says in, in scripture. It says this in uh, Malachi 3.10, bring the whole tithe to the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, scripture says. God doesn't tell you to test them in a lot of spots, but here he says, try me in this. Test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you'll have not enough room to contain it. I don't have enough. Probably because you're not giving enough. God says, try me in this. God's going like, if, I, if you keep holding on to it, why would I give you more of something that's poison in your heart? You've allowed it to be a poison in you. You, you. you think that it, why would I pour out more of something that is just becoming a God to you? And until you go like this a little bit, wash me of that. God goes, okay, now, right? And there's a blessing that comes in it. Listen to what it says in Luke 3, 638. It says, give and it shall be given to you in good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. It will be poured into your lap for with the measure you use, it'll be measured back to you. God says, try me, go ahead, pour. You want to pour a little bit? He goes, I'll pour a little bit. No bit. You want to pour a lot? He goes, I'm going to pour a lot, right? Um, and so you're a steward. And the idea is not that God's broke. The idea is that we're broke. We're broken if we're making money the center. And so I need to gravitate not toward my money, toward God. And it's the very first thing he asked me to steward is the resource he's trusted us with. He said, you can't serve God and money. Why? Because he knew that that would be the point we would struggle with most. So he starts there. And he goes, if you, could, if you could manage this, everything else will start to come easier, Right? You'll start to give other parts of your life to God. If you can learn to manage this one that is massive, it starts with our dollars. But it's not just our dollars that scripture talks about. It talks about our days, our time. Do you know that your time is a gift from God? 
He's given you a certain amount of time. Some of you have a certain amount of time left. You have a certain number of days that God has, has blessed you with. And what you need to realize is that it's a gift from God. And what you're supposed to do with that gift of time is to steward it wisely and use it to help bless and serve other people. So it's a lot like tithing. I'm giving away of my dollars to to the building of the kingdom. And God says, you also need to learn that with your days, you're gonna give that away to the building of, of, of the kingdom, the serving of others, guys. And so here's what it says. Jesus says it this way in Luke. Is everyone hanging with me so far? Come on, church, you with me? Here's what it says in Luke. If you try to hang on to your life, you're gonna lose it. Everybody listen. If you're like, all my time is spent on me, Everything's about me. And if I, you're trying to hold on to all of it, he says, you're going to lose it. It's going to feel like there's no life in it. And it's so funny because you're doing such a good job of holding on to it so tight. But it just still feels like it's, right? If you try to hold on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life, if you give your time, if you, you give your, your passion, if you, you give your life for my sake, you're going to save it. If you invest your life into the things that God cares about, into his kingdom, he says, there's where you're going to find life. There's where you're going to be fulfilled. There's where you're going to meet with God in a special way and see this promise of God come upon your life and giving you more life than you could have ever poured out in the first place. Come on, somebody. Amen. Like God says, meet me there. If you spend all your time and energy and your passion investing in self, if you devote yourself to yourself, you're going to lose. Some of you feel stuck today. I need to talk to you. Often we get stuck because we're stuck on ourselves. And I know that comes across harsh, but I want you to hear it in love. Let me pastor you, okay? The quickest way to make yourself sick is to just be intake, intake, in, and everything's about you. You know, the Dead Sea's dead because it only has an inlet, 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 pouring in, pouring in. We show up to church and pouring in and everyone around me is pouring in and pouring. You're gonna get sick. You're gonna feel stuck. You're trying to hold on to your life. You're actually gonna lose it. But if you wake up in the morning and go, hey, my days, they belong to God. And the time he's given me, it's God's time. So God, what do you wanna do with your days? What do you wanna do with your time? Where's that? Is there a couple that's in my life that's walking through something and needs a little extra love right now, I'm gonna call them over, have them over for dinner and invest some time in them, take them out, pay for a meal, check on them. God, you know, my neighbors, they've been kind of wrestling through, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna send them a little, so I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get my eyes off of me and put them on others. I'm gonna start to give myself away for the sake of the gospel. And as you do, watch this, you start pouring out of your life. I'm envisioning in my mind right now, your life's a little cup and you're pouring out of that cup, your, your time, your energy, your as you pour out, here's what you'll find, and a lot of people don't ever, ever step into or realize this in their life, and when you do, it changes everything about you, is that when I pour out, all of a sudden God starts pouring in. I just pour all this out, but I've got more. Where'd it come from? And see, some of us are, you know, the scripture says that, the, he talks about that the Christian life is, is, is like a cup overflowing. And you guys are like, I want that life just overflowing, right? Do you know how the overflowing starts? It starts by you pouring out. 
It's a trust issue. You pour out and God pours in. You pour out and God pours in. If you're not pouring out, God's like, why would I keep pouring in? Right? God is going to entrust the people who live like this with more. Why? Because they live like this. So God will keep blessing them. How in the world are they so stinking blessed? It's because they realize that they are not blessed by God just for themselves. They've been blessed to be a blessing. And they just go around just blessing people. Come on, how many have some people in your life like that? You're, you're thinking of them right now. Every time around, they're just blessed. They just, they're just so life-giving. And they're always, when they're, they, and how in the world do they keep doing that? I'm telling you, it's a, it's a process God wants to invite you into. You pour out, and he's going to pour in. All of this, you guys, the stewardship principle in scripture, it's, it's all about the, the spiritual disciplines we need to build into our lives. I'm going to be disciplined in, in not letting my money get the best of me. I'm going to be disciplined in letting my days be lived unto the, unto the Lord. And when you do, God will meet you in ways you can never have thought possible. He says, if you give your life away, you're going to find it. And I want you to find life, church. Listen, everything grows in your life at the pace of your stewardship. Write that down and think about it all week. How much do you want to grow? How much do you want to expand? How much, like, how much life do you want to actually have? Your life grows at the pace of your stewardship. This church grows at the pace of our stewardship. We, like, we got our foot on the gas. You know, we are where we are as a church because people have stewarded, stewarded their dollars and their days well. And they've invested and God just keeps opening it. We, we have our foot on that gas. That makes sense? And it's the same thing in your life. You've got your foot on that gas. Your, your life grows at the pace of its leadership, of its stewardship, okay? And if I could summarize all of it, which I'm going to, I would say it like this. It's, it's doing, well, I'll let scripture do it. Corinthians. Whatever you do with whatever you got, okay? Whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do all, watch this, in the name. Someone say in the name. In the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So whatever you're going to do with what you got. I got my one bag. I got five bags. I got what, right? Okay, great. It's not about what you got. It's what you're going to do with what you got. And what you need to do with what you got is do all that you do with what you've got. In the name, say it again, in the name, in the name of the Lord. Here's what it means. Remember when your, your kids would start out a, a, school, a school year and they'd come home with all these papers that the teacher gave them that you as a parent need to sign, right? And it's, it explains the class, explains the responsibility, everything that they're gonna be going through. And you're supposed to, teachers, please don't let me, if you're a teacher, don't let me, don't let me uh, hurt your feelings. I, I, I've tried to read a lot of it, but sometimes I don't get to all of it. And I just look for the back page where I'm supposed to like sign it First to check to make sure that my kids didn't sign it on my behalf already. But then also, what I'm doing in that moment, I'm putting my name on it, which says, hey, I'm okay with all this, right? I'm okay with all this. Um, you hear people say things like this, like, I don't, I don't know if they're going to sign off on that. What's it mean? I don't know if they're going to be okay with that. So here's what scripture says. Here's stewardship. It's that you do all that you do with the signature of Jesus on it, in the name of the, like Jesus, be able to write his name on it, Jesus, right? 
okay, I'm getting ready. God's giving me some resource. What am I going to do with the resource? Here we go. I'm going to go do some. Hey, can Jesus sign off on that? Is, he, is that good? Hey, I've got some time. I've got some, I've got some moments in my life right now. I've got some days ahead of me. I've got a gift that God's given me as a, as a person. I'm about to go use. Hey, would Jesus sign off on that? Is that good? Is that good with him? In the name of the Lord. It's in submission to him. Why? Because it belongs to him. And so can I do what I'm about to do in a way that actually honors him? Is it in the, in the name of the Lord? Would he sign off on this? See, this, friends, is what stewardship is. Living my life, doing all that I do in the name of the Lord. Build it into the rhythm of your life, everybody. It starts with our dollars, it moves on to our days, and it goes into everything in our life, just all in the name of the Lord. And here's what's really, really cool as the band comes up. In the Old Testament, the kings would send out, uh, send out troops to go fight in battles, or they'd send out builders to go build a different section of, of the kingdom. And as they went out, watch this, they would go out to that battle, or they'd go out to build that city, in the name of the king that just sent them, right? So they would go to battle in the name of that king. Matter of fact, they'd actually carry banners reflecting that king and that kingdom because they're, they're saying, we're, in the, we're coming at you in the name of this king. Are we going to build this wall in the name of this king? And here's what it means at its core, is that as they do what they do, they've got all the resources of that king behind them. When they do it in the name of the king, they're tapped into the resource of the king, the strength of the king, the wisdom of the king, right? They're tapped into all of the, all of the effort of that king behind them. And here's what Jesus says in scripture. What he's saying to you is when you do this in the name of the Lord Jesus, you have got at your disposal and behind you as you do that thing, all the resource of heaven meets you in that moment when you choose to actually see yourself as a steward. I'm not doing this for me. It's for him. I'm not spit, spending. I'm not living. I'm not, for me, it's for him. It's all for you. Why? Because it already all belongs to you. And when I live that way, the whole, the whole resource of heaven shows up. You need more strength, right? You need more patience. You need more, what is it? Try something. See yourself as a steward and do what you're about to do in the name of the Lord and you watch the strength of heaven show up. Hey, if, and if God can't sign off on it, you shouldn't be doing it, right? But if I'm doing this in the name of the Lord, just like those, those armies, you're not fighting alone, huh? Just like those builders, oh, you're not building alone. You've got more than enough resource behind you when you live in the name of the Lord. So as we go from here today, go in the name of the Lord. As you parent, parent in the name of the Lord. Stewardship mentality, so freeing. God, your kids, your kids are giving me trouble again, right? Help me, God, to steward this well. Does that make sense, everybody? Stewardship, you're a steward and there's nothing greater than being a steward of the things that God's given us. Hey, who feels blessed in this place? Come on, I'm blessed, right? God, is, God has blessed me so much. I got breath in my lungs. I got, I got friends. I got you guys to do life. I mean, I'm blessed. 
But I'm not blessed for blessed sake. I'm blessed to be a blessing. And when I bless others, God blesses me more. I'm just a steward.